Tawana Podcast. Your host rolling it up nice and tight, Eli Harrington. Yeah. All right. Vermont Tawana Podcast. Welcome back, folks. We are on the other side of history. So right out. Yeah. All right. Welcome to the Vermont Tawana Podcast. We have made history in Vermont, folks. Everybody out there who is listening, I know you are a dedicated crowd and appreciate every single one of y'all. Congratulations to Vermont, the first state to pass a major cannabis reform bill and legalize it via the state legislature. All the other states did it via a referendum, popular vote from the citizens. But in Vermont, we actually convinced 180 mostly senior citizens to agree on a compromise bill which will, in July 2018, legalize possession of one ounce and two plants at home. In the meantime, that bill, which is called S-22, will also create a dedicated commission. It's going to meet before August 1st, finish up before November 1st, and by January 1st, have an outline to give the state legislature of kind of a plan of what we think, uh, what they think they should do to address some of the major questions. But before all of that happens, we can't play the full Three Six Mafia song yet because we have not officially passed this bill into law because it's on Governor Phil Scott's desk. So this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about Governor Phil Scott, what he said in the past, what he's been saying recently. Talk a little bit about how we think things might play out, and when it is going to happen. But I first, again, want to give a big shout-out to everybody out there who's listening, who's been calling the office. We know that his office has been getting flooded with phone calls. They've been getting a ton of emails. And so people are definitely out there. It's the only reason we've come as far as we have. It wasn't big money coming from out of states. It wasn't big business. It wasn't anything except for a lot of Vermonters getting together, making their voices heard, and standing up, going to the state house, calling their representatives, sending emails, sharing things on Facebook. Um, it's been really just amazing to see. So credit to all of you out there. It's been an honor to be a small part of this process. And now we are standing on the edge of history. So what's Governor Phil Scott going to do? We'll get into that right now in this episode of the Vermont Tawana Podcast. Put your grinder down and turn your radio up. This is the Vermont You Want a Podcast. Lighting up the airwaves. Your host rolling it up nice and tight, Eli Herring. All right, welcome back to the Vermont Tawana Podcast. Elevate the state again. Today we have got a special episode. We're going to talk about Governor Phil Scott because right now the fate of history 
and the historic S22 compromise bill, as people are calling it, as many people are saying, uh, sits on Governor Scott's desk, or at least will within the next few days. So we're going to talk a little bit about what his stance might be. And I'm first going to start out by I'll save you guys the next 20 minutes of the podcast and answer the question I get asked all the time since it's passed. Will he sign it? Will he veto it? I think the answer to both of those questions is probably not. Right now, if I was going to handicap it, I would say there's a 50% chance that he does nothing, right? So if this bill, which is passed by the House and the Senate, has been successfully, historically, again, shout out to everybody who's involved, um, this bill will go to his desk, but if he does not sign it after five business days, I believe, then it will become law even without his signature. So to give you some historical context, this is what happened in 2004. We had a Republican governor in Vermont named Jim Douglas and the first medical marijuana bill, S-76. Vermont became the second legislature in the country to pass medical marijuana uh, via the legislature. So Governor Jim Douglas at that time, who was quite, uh, he's more conservative than our current governor, at least philosophically, um, was very opposed to medical marijuana, uh, as were law enforcement. And he had spoken out against it quite a bit. However, when it came down to it, he put out a statement and said, I'm not going to veto this, but I'm not going to sign it. I do not support this. I oppose it. I don't like it, but I'm not going to veto it because the people have spoken and the legislature has spoken. So that was Governor Jim Douglas back in 2004. Again, a conservative Republican governor here in Vermont. Previously had been Speaker of the House. Um, So he really knows what the process looks like. Fast forward to today, 13 years later, we've got now Governor Phil Scott, pretty moderate Republican, himself former Lieutenant Governor who presides over the Senate. Um, So Lieutenant Governor Scott has really always been more involved in the executive than I think the legislative branch. Um, So his perspective is probably a little bit different, which is probably why he's been a lot less involved in the State House himself this year in Vermont. His administration is very different from others in the past. He's been pretty hands-off, and that's why right now in Vermont there are some other political things going on which are overshadowing the legalization bill. I think that it's a separate issue, that it's not going to become a political football, um, and it's not going to be really bargaining chip for anything. So I think that whether he... I think that, again, there's a 50% chance that he does nothing and just allows the bill to become law, as his uh, historical Republican predecessors have done. Uh, 25% chance that he signs it, 25% chance that he vetoes it. So again, people are really out there pushing hard right now, um, calling the governor's office, that number is 802-828-3333, if you are a Vermont voter. They're calling the governor's office, they are sending emails, they're sending messages on Facebook, we've got people coming down from the clouds on Twitter. Uh, It's really cool that Vermont has made national news with the historic passage of the bill, and now the national question for everyone who's paying attention to this is, will the governor sign it and will it actually become law? So, again, I saved you, I'll talk a little bit more about this and kind of what the factors are here. But first, I want to play some audio from Wednesday. So this is literally the day that the legislature passed the bill. Right when the discussion was about to start in the State House, I was there covering it for Hedy Vermont. Check out Hedy Vermont if you haven't yet, so we get into a lot more of the historical detail here. Um, The governor had a press conference to sign another bill. 
Uh, whenever he does a bill signing in his office, it's a huge press event. So whatever's going on, even if it has nothing to do with the bill, the press will still ask him about um, other happenings. So legalization was gonna come up. I ducked in there and I was able to set up my little tape recorder. So again, this is before anyone knew that this bill was gonna pass the House. This is on Wednesday of this week. Uh, before the historic vote, right before it started, the governor was asked what he was thinking, um, if he'd had a chance to take a look at it, and sort of where he was leaning. So here's the audio, and this is the governor being questioned by VPR reporter Peter Hirschfeld. Uh, again, this is Wednesday. Looks like the House might move forward with the legalization bill later today. Um, based on your knowledge of what's in that compromise measure, is it something you could see yourself signing into law? Or I'd like to see what they're going to do with it, obviously, on the, on the House side. Uh, I've uh, spoken a lot about this. Uh, it's no secret that, that I don't believe this is a priority for Vermont. I, I believe that uh, what we should be doing is, uh, is trying to, to find ways to protect those on our highways that deliver a, a level of impairment uh, that is consistent throughout the Northeast, uh, as well as to address the edibles uh, for our kids. Uh, before we move forward with legalization. Uh, having said that, uh, I'm going to, uh, to review the bill uh, as it's passed. We'll see what changes, if any, are made today, and I'm not sure that they can. So uh, let's say they concur. What, what then? Well, then I'll take a look at the bill, and, uh, but I've been pretty clear that I'd like to see some, um, some uh, improvements to the bill uh, to make sure that we have a structure in place uh, that provides safety to Vermonters. Does the commission begin to answer some of those questions, even if it's not fully answered? Again, I haven't looked at it uh, in, in detail, um, but I, again, I would like to see more of an emphasis on highway safety and protecting our children uh, than I've seen thus far. I, and there are a number of other uh, uh, marijuana pot bills uh, still in play. So whether this one passes or not, or whether it's still going to come up uh, in the future, I believe. You said on this issue, not now, but not never. And this would right. set legalization at 2018, or July of 2018. Do you feel that those, some of those questions could be answered before? Well, I think they could if, if, they, uh, if, if we focused on that. Uh, again, I don't see anything that really focuses on addressing the highway impairment issue. Are you going to ask your Department of Public Safety to focus on that in the next year if it yes. goes forward? Yeah, we're still going, regardless of what happens with this, whether it passes or not, uh, whether it's vetoed or not, it doesn't really matter. We still have to, uh, to, uh, to address the reality of the situation. And with Canada uh, talking about legalization, uh, Maine and Massachusetts have, uh, uh, by referendum, have uh, moved forward in some regard. It's going to be affecting us. It's affecting us right now. So. I, I have an interest in continuing. We're going to work on this uh, from our public safety uh, standpoint. I'm working with the Coalition of Northeast Governors as well to try and work together and try and find some common uh, level of impairment, something that we can all uh, agree that is consistent, uh, again, throughout the Northeast. All right, so a lot to kind of unpack in that little four-minute segment. Again, that was before the bill passed. So notice a lot of talk about public safety, talking about the Northeast as a whole. I think it's important to note he acknowledges that we are going to be affected. We are being affected right now. Talks about Massachusetts, talks about Canada. 
So he knows that things are happening. Um, he mentioned there are a number of other bills. He knows that it's inevitable. You know, in his speech, his stance from the get-go, governor has been, I'm not saying not never, I'm just saying not now. However, that's really, I think, been mostly in reference to regulation. Uh, and that is actually creating a system where it would be sold to any adult over 21, it would be taxed, it would be regulated. Um, that's a way, way, way more complicated issue than legalization which the governor has said he is not philosophically opposed to, right? So again, he's kind of a moderate, you know, libertarian in some ways, at least um, he, would, he would say that. <laughs> um, this issue is kind of a test point for it, but, you know, very, very friendly with the police and very pro-public safety. Um, so you'll hear that in everything that the governor says. But again, in that little clip, acknowledging that it's inevitable, we are being affected, it's everywhere in the Northeast, we're going to figure this out one way or another. So the question is, what did the governor say after the bill was passed? During the campaign, uh, as you probably recall, I'm not phys uh, philosophically opposed uh, to legalization, but I do believe we've got to get this right. I'm incredibly uh, concerned about highway safety, uh, trying to determine a level of impairment I'm also concerned about our kids and the edibles. I think we have an opportunity, uh, as I've said many times, opportunity to, to really watch what's happened in Colorado and in Washington and, and other state, Oregon, other states who have legalized by referendum. Uh, and uh... All right, I'm not gonna play the whole thing because that sounds like it was ripped from a website online, it was. Um, that comes from VPR Friday. They did an interview with Governor Scott, mostly talking about the budget, but this came up on Vermont Edition. I've reached out to VPR in the past asking if I can use their audio from shows and they have said no, so I'm gonna respect that and not use it. Um, I just wanted to give you guys that little teaser, so you go over to vpr.net and check it out and listen to the whole thing. Um, it's around minute 27 if you find that link. Again, this is from last Friday. I believe that would be May 13th. So. Fast forward, um, let me paraphrase kind of what he said in about that five-minute interview. I'll give you kind of big three points here. And I think you heard all three of them in just that short little clip. <clears throat> Public safety, that's the big thing. He was endorsed by um, Public Safety. He was endorsed by the State Sheriff's Association, by the police union. He is a friend to law enforcement, and he's gonna talk about public safety and especially about road safety all of the time. He's not ever going to say anything about um, marijuana, about cannabis, without mentioning road safety. So I want to give a shout out to Radical Russ, Russ Belleville. If you listen to this, you probably know who Radical Russ is, but if not, make sure to check him out. Uh, he came out of the clouds with a great tweet that showed Vermont, number two in monthly cannabis consumption, second highest state in the USA. Cue the clapping sound applause here. Woo! Um, also, looking at the last five years, one of the top three safest driving states in the country as well. So this is Vermont, which has a lot of dirt roads, a lot of hilly roads, a lot of shitty weather, and a lot of people driving around on those roads while they are stoned, uh, supposedly. You know, so legalization is not going to really increase our usage rates in Vermont at all, because frankly, they couldn't really get much higher. Hey-oh. Um, 
probably not going to make our roads less safe either. But again, you're going to hear Governor Scott mention this, just like you're going to hear everybody else mention this. One thing that he also said in this interview, um, in this response, he talked about other governors in the Northeast and the standard, a regional state-to-state standard for THC impairment. So, you know, I think we might get something like that in the next few years, um, but that's one thing for the governor. Public safety is always in mind. First and foremost, he's going to bring that up no matter what. Again, secondly, philosophically, he is not opposed. That's a direct quote. He also used the phrase uh, libertarian streak, talked about his Yankee independence. And again, I think on social issues, people would probably agree. He's pretty, he's pretty moderate. He does not walk a conservative, you know, national Republican party line when it comes to a lot of social issues. Um, He's pretty, he's pretty open-minded and pretty sort of live and let live. So I think it's easy to agree that he is not, um, he's not somebody who opposes, who hates the idea of legalization. Whatever you want to do in your own home, as long as you're not harming others, you're okay with that. So he favors legalization over regulation, I think, but as time goes on and he talks about economic issues and jobs and new business and tax revenues without raising taxes, um, I think he's going to have to come around and talk about regulation more and more. But again, philosophically, um, he's not opposed to legalization. And I think that's one thing at the end of the day, he's going to appreciate that this bill is the closest Vermont is going to get to having pure legalization. There's not going to be an option in 2018 to have a bill that legalizes possession and home cultivation without regulation. From now forward, the issues will be combined. So this is the last chance, and this is why this matters, this bill. The last chance for legalization to be separate from regulation. Because if this bill passes legalization, and that's possessing up to an ounce and growing up to two mature and four immature plants in your house, that's per house, not per person, right? So a very small amount we're talking about here. (coughs) If this goes into effect, that's going to happen July 1st, 2018, no matter what. Regulation is not going to go into effect automatically, okay? It's going to be studied. There's going to be a report. That report is probably going to be taken very seriously, but next year it's going to be, depending on if they use an existing bill or start from scratch, um, they're going to be both the House and the Senate, a bill is going to have to go to, and then get signed by the governor, who may be more inclined next year, maybe less inclined. Um, again, he's more a fan of legalization than regulation. So I think that's really important to keep in mind, and that bodes well for him allowing this bill to become law. The fact that legalization is what's included in this law, um, guaranteed. That personal, that personal individual liberty for someone with a libertarian streak, he can appreciate that. The other third point that I wanted to point out from listening to the entire interview, or at least his entire response, and it's about six or seven minutes, and it's very informative, I think, just listening to the kind of language he uses. He talks about the region. He brings up Canada. He brings up other states. He says, we can't stick our heads in the sand and act like this isn't happening. You know, I think in that other clip, he said, we are going to be impacted and we are already being impacted. So he acknowledges that what happens in the region is going to be a factor. And I think that Massachusetts having legal sales happening within the next year is really going to push things forward for 2018 with regulation. And I think that if he plays his cards right, um, he can be the governor when we start having regulated markets and when tax revenues start coming in. 
and he can, by default, get credit for economic development that comes with regulated weed. Um, if all of these things happen in order, starting with this bill becoming law. So again, <clears throat> we'll kind of wrap up with there. Just a short episode because very timely people are asking, what's the governor going to do? What's the governor going to do? The short answer to recap, I think the most likely answer is that he will not sign this bill, but it will become law. Okay, he doesn't need to sign it for it to become law. Um, he probably will not veto it. It would be a really bad move politically. There's historical precedent. Jim Douglas, who was a former governor of Vermont, much more conservative, allowed medical marijuana to become law, and that was much more politically difficult. Um, and he was able to say he opposed it. Governor Phil Scott will be able to do the same. Say, I didn't like this, I didn't support it, I didn't sign it, but I didn't veto it out of respect for the legislature. Other factors, um, the timing of when this is going to happen, probably not for the next two weeks, just by looking at the legislative calendar. If they continue the session until May 17th, the bill might not hit the governor's office um, for another day or two. And then it would take five business days for the amount of time to elapse in which the bill would become law automatically. Right, so from the time it hits his desk, five days later, that's when it could become law, assuming he does not veto it. Do not think it's at a political risk of being used for other issues that are still being talked about. But uh, again, so when is it going to happen? Within the next week, maybe two. What can you do? You can call his office at 802-828-3333. You can also tweet him. Politicians read their tweets, um, especially in Vermont. Not a ton of people on Twitter. And if people have an account, they're probably checking it. You can send an email, you can send a message on Facebook, you can post on a Facebook page, you can write an op-ed to your local paper, you can write a message of support on your front porch forum. That's something you can do for free that shows some really good grassroots support. All of these things will not hurt the cause, they will help the cause um, if you're here in Vermont and you want to make this happen. So again, I think things are looking good, cautiously optimistic, knock on wood want to end by again congratulating everybody um, no matter what happens it has been amazing to see the progress that's happened in the last few years here in Vermont and it's really come through grassroots advocacy so everybody who's listened everybody who's listening still um, you probably care about this subject know about it a lot want to thank you stay tuned check out headyvermont.com we've got a lot more stuff coming up a lot of fun events uh, want to meet more people in person want to do more workshops networking, have some more fun social events, have some uh, have some meetups on some farms and some music and some good Vermont beer and some barbecue. We're going to do a lot of cool stuff. So stay tuned. Thank you for tuning in. And fingers crossed, keep making those phone calls, sharing those messages, sending those emails, talking to your friends, your family, encouraging you to do the same. And we can officially make history here in Vermont. Until then, elevate the state. Yeah! This episode of the Vermont Awana podcast is sponsored by Hetty Vermont, your number one definitive resource for cannabis news and information. You want to know what's going on at the cutting edge of cannabis in Vermont and beyond. You want to connect with the gondrepreneurs, financiers, venture capitalists, growers, patients, caregivers, doctors, medical professionals, everyone who knows and cares about cannabis in the state is reading HettyVermont.com. And so can you. Make sure you sign up for the Sunday Stash email newsletter. 
discreet packaging delivered once a week to your house, catch you up on everything at once. Make sure you also follow Hetty Vermont on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. HettyVermont.com.